Welcome in, everybody. It's what we do every Friday here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Time to get in the cage. It's brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino, and it's been way too long since I've had a chance to catch up with this guy. You know him as the voice of the UFC, doing a brilliant job as always. The one, the only John Anik is with us. John, how are you, man? Well, thank you, my friend. It's good to be with you. It's been a while. You know, we're having a hard time connecting when I'm 11 hours ahead of you in Abu Dhabi, but uh, Vegas this weekend, so it's good to catch up, my man. Yeah, well, it, it, good to have you. And, and what's that been like? I mean, we all heard. It was so funny. You know, it felt like we were hearing about Fight Island. Nobody seemed to know where it, We certainly didn't know where it was. We didn't know what it looked like, how it was going to play out. And you've spent an inordinate amount of time there. What Did it exceed what you thought it was going to be? How's that whole thing gone for you? Expectation-wise, it certainly has exceeded everything I thought it would be, maybe in part because that W Hotel, Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi, singularly is the nicest hotel that I've ever stayed at. But at least as far as my personal experience is concerned, I've been there three times. First time I showed up after testing negative for COVID-19 in Vegas, get on a charter. As soon as I get to Abu Dhabi, I tested positive. It ended up being a false positive. But that was sort of my entry point into Fight Island, so it certainly didn't get off on the right foot. But it has been amazing to experience hospitality like that and just to see all of these people just stop their lives, essentially, to create this Fight Island for the UFC. It has been unique, and, and certainly, Bob, feels like the safest place in the world to be calling a sporting event right now. I, I, I've got to give credit to Dana. And listen, I know Dana's a polarizing figure with a lot of people, a lot of fighters, and, and a lot of them have good reason to feel the way they do. Having said that, I've got to give him credit for the way the UFC has sort of found their way through this entire you know, pandemic and, and done it really without many speed bumps to speak of in terms of the testing, in terms of fights going off. And certainly, yeah, fighters have tested positive and they've had to make changes. But that's really no different than fighters getting hurt all of the time and having to make changes. So it, it hasn't really disrupted what they normally do, right? I mean, they, they're used to dealing with last-minute substitutions, whether it's somebody missing weight or, as I said, injury. Now it's because of the pandemic. But beginning to end, I mean, he, he kind of put his head down, said, no, we're going to make it work. And I think you got to give him a lot of credit with the way they've handled this. No, I mean, you set it up beautifully, and therein lies the rub, right? Anyone who follows the UFC on a week-to-week basis knows – that we're constantly dealing with changes and live production nightmares the day before. So for us, I think as a machine and as a promotion, we are conditioned to last-minute changes and weird circumstances. But it wasn't so much about being first for the UFC as much as it was you can't sort of start making mistakes and figuring out how to do this until you actually start that process. So the UFC, I think, was just more willing to, to make mistakes early on, and we did. And uh, you're right. Thankfully, as I knock on wood, show to show, largely things have gone off without a hitch. All right, last one before I ask you about specific fighters here. Just you as, as, as a commentator, as a play-by-play guy in the building where normally I try to tell people, listen, I've been to Super Bowls, I've been to World Series, I've been to NBA Finals. There's nothing like the atmosphere of a title fight, whether you're talking about boxing or whether you're talking about MMA. There's just a weird tension in the air in a building that is packed and in that anticipation of these two guys getting in there and doing battle. It's just it's unlike anything I've experienced. But now you're in empty buildings outside of corner people and and production people and things like that. What what has that been like for you? Is is it taking some of the steam out of it or do do you even really notice it once you're in the middle of the fight? Well, certainly, I would encourage your listeners to take your words and really go to a UFC live event so they can experience that weird tension that that you and I know so well. 
But for me, I think if you had asked me in May or June, I would have said, hey, man, you know, I got the cans on. I'm in my tunnel and uh, I'm just doing my thing. Now it's getting a little bit old, right? Not that I need the performance enhancer of the crowd, but I want the fans back in the building in the worst way. And I think maybe some of my more A-list broadcast partners kind of like the fact that they can walk to the bathroom and nobody bothers them. (laughs) They don't have to deal with that dynamic. But the fans are the lifeblood of this sport and I can't wait to have them back. But certainly as far as calling the fights, it doesn't, you know, lower my temper or anything like that. I mean, I'm just as amped up and just as ready to go. And, uh, it is a little bit weird hearing your voice sort of echo off the walls, but, uh, as Bill Belichick would say, my man, it kind of is what it is, right? Yeah, and, we, and as fans, listen, we get a chance to hear and see things and, and, and hear them in a different way than, you know, a building full of people. It drowns out the sound of the shots landing, and it certainly drowns out any conversation between the fighters in the cage or the corners yelling, and now we get all of that. So I, I think there's a hopefully a different appreciation from the MMA fan as to what they're getting. Yeah, it's not a full building. It's not that electricity, but – Man, did you hear the way that kick sounded? Did you hear the way the way that corner was yelling at him? Or did you hear the smack talk between the two fighters? I think that's a really cool element. It really is. And for us on the television side, and I have a radio background, but less can be more, right? There are pictures. And letting some of that sound bleed in is a focus of ours even when we do have fans. So now I think it's more incumbent upon us to really let the corner men shine, right? We don't even need to go to a corner cam, Bob, for you to hear the coaches, you know? So I think for us, it, it, it is important to lay back and sort of let that part of the broadcast shine and our producers certainly have uh, have recommended that as well so i think it works but again i cannot wait even give me six thousand fans i just want fans back in the building yeah no i get you i get you we're speaking with john anik here on 710 espn seattle all right you got an interesting fight coming up this weekend glover Teixeira has been on a roll i think he's won four in a row the guy's 41 years old and maybe looking better than he ever has and he's going up against a guy who was thought to be a destroyer. He was going to be the one to beat John Jones. He was going to work his way through the light heavyweight division, and obviously things went in a different direction after the Jones fight with Tiago Santos in that really serious knee injury he suffered there. Finally back in the cage. I, you know, I think in normal times, maybe I'm looking towards Santos because he's he's a bit younger. He's he's really explosive. But I'm wondering what this time out of the cage and, and just sort of dealing with the mental part of his injury may have done. And, and as I said, Glover's on such a roll. How, how do you see this one? Does it? Do, do you have the same questions about Santos? Or do you feel like, man, this is a guy who's probably going to come out like a cage lion. He's just aching to get in there again. Well, anytime you talk about a layoff that in this case dates to July of 2019, I think to dismiss it as a factor would probably be ignorant. I will say he is now engaged, I believe, to uh, to fellow UFC fighter Yana Kuniskaya. And I asked Tiago Santos about this in our fighter meeting because the dude seems happier than he's ever been. And going through the rehab, right, left knee, it was torn LCL, PCL, MCL, meniscus, cracked tibia, and then a partially torn right ACL. So going through all of that now being in love with this woman has really helped him. So he believes that he has done the right work. He passed the wrestling tests. I think for a lot of fighters, they're worried how the knee is going to hold up in wrestling. So he feels good and ready to go. And that last fight, of course, against John Jones, I thought it was supremely close. After the call, I kind of thought Tiago Santos had won. But on the other side, Glover Teixeira, despite being 41 years old, I told him on Wednesday in our fighter meeting, I said, 
the last time you competed against Anthony Smith in the main event, I don't think there's a light heavyweight in the world that would have beat you that night. So clearly Glover has figured something out. A lot of it is related to cardiovascular strength and understanding his body a lot more than he did early on in his career. But if this is a similar Glover to share to the one we saw against Anthony Smith, I don't know how you could not say he's a live underdog. So clearly the two best Brazilian light heavyweights we have, I know maybe Israel Adesanya, our middleweight champ is going to inject his name into this light heavyweight title picture, but this is a title eliminator. It's a huge fight. And, uh, I'm excited to see it, you know, tomorrow night. Yeah, what what do you think of that? I mean, you you, you brought up Adesanya, who's a really electric personality. He's electric in the cage. And he's really fun to watch. So I get the attraction to throwing him right in there for a title shot against against Jan. But it it, it feels a little unfair on some level, obviously, because you know you'd figure the the winner of this fight between Teixeira and Santos should get that shot, perhaps. And that this guy shouldn't jump the line. I get the business side of it. The appeal to the to the masses would be the Adesanya fight. What's fair in your opinion? Well, I think what's a little bit disappointing is that it felt like these guys kind of got undercut with that news. But I don't know that you can criticize Dana White or the promotion. I think this is more a byproduct of what is going on at 185 pounds, right? Israel Adesanya is one of our biggest superstars. He's the UFC middleweight champion. And there is now not an obvious number one contender that is ready to fight him. Robert Whitaker's having another kid in January, so he doesn't want to fight for a while. You know, he's missed a lot of things. This will be his fourth kid. So he's the number one contender, and he's not ready to fight. So for Jan Blachowicz, the 205-pound champion, this Adesanya fight, if he can't get the John Jones fight, this is the biggest fight he could get for the first defense of his title. So I think you have two champions who want the fight. Thankfully for Thiago Santos, at least, he has a head-to-head win over Jan Blachowicz, and that's what earned him the title fight against John Jones. So I think if Santos wins, he certainly has a very strong case, as would Glover with five straight wins. And, uh, I guess without pen to paper, maybe one of these guys could inject their name into the conversation. But, yeah, fair? Certainly not. I mean, we're not in the fairness business, but yeah. it's not fair. <laughs> hey, last one before I let you go, and I asked a couple of different people. I asked Ariel about this and some other people on the on the heels of of uh, Khabib saying, that's, that's it, I'm done. He had an incredibly dominant win over Justin Gagey and said that's, that's going to be the end of it. I took him at his word. Obviously, Dana's saying, you know, he thinks there's a chance he's going to come back to try to go 30-0. and 0. Uh, let, Let's just pretend he's not going to come back. Where does he rank for you all time? People are having the GOAT conversation. Is, is he the greatest of all time? Is he, is he behind John Jones? Or maybe I don't think Demetrius gets enough play in that conversation personally, but where, where does he rank for you? How would you give, give me your top three or five if you want? Yeah, it's a really hard conversation because it really depends on what you are looking for. If they put up championship banners like they do for pro sports teams, like the Seahawks for pro MMA fighters, John Jones would have 15 banners in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So for me, that's where I start. And I am inclusive when it comes to the greatest of all time conversation, when it comes to any PED issues or otherwise i mean there's a lot of information on there about john jones but he does not strike me as this perpetual steroid abuser so john jones is the greatest of all time for me greatest mixed martial arts athlete i've ever seen but most of my argument bob is rooted in the fact that he's won 15 straight world title fights so for khabib Nurmagomedov, so much of his legacy is rooted in that zero and being 29 and 0 i think it's three title defenses now if i'm not mistaken but Khabib's top three with Jones and George St. Pierre for me, for sure. 
I think Amanda Nunes obviously could be number one. It just depends on how you want to do man versus woman. Um, but for me, it's Nunes without question alongside Jones for the, for one man and one woman. And uh, for Khabib, it's really just a matter of if he can convince his mom uh, to come back maybe <laughs> for one or two more because the competitor wants to fight again. Uh, but it wouldn't be a money play, you know, and if his mom really doesn't want him to fight, um, then I would expect him to respect her wishes. He is the voice of the UFC, John Anik. Always fun to catch up with him. You can follow him, by the way, on Twitter, at John, J-O-N underscore Anik on Twitter. Does a brilliant job. John, always good to catch up with you, man. I really appreciate you cutting out a few minutes for me. I know you're busy, so I look forward to talking to you again soon, my friend. Likewise, my man. Thanks for having me.